0: A roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business.
1: Welcome to this edition of Global Business here on CGTN. I'm Shia Vandenberg. Coming up on the program. Housing Thrust. China introduces tailored housing policies to accelerate home delivery in cities as part of efforts to boost the property sector. Boosting profits, Chinese banks implement third round of deposit interest rate reductions in 2023 to offset pressure on net interest margins. Travel crunch, United States gears up for enormous holiday travel surge as countless individuals embark on air and road journeys. China has reaffirmed its commitment to tailoring specific policies for different cities with the aim of streamlining high-quality housing projects and ensuring the prompt delivery of homes to buyers. The Ministry of Housing and Urban Rural Development unveiled its key objectives for 2024, emphasizing the importance of addressing risks in property enterprises. It reiterated that houses are meant for living, not speculation. The ministry's priorities also include strengthening oversight of pre-sale funds and addressing the financing needs of real estate enterprises operating under diverse ownership models. In addition, officials have called for the implementation of the three major projects, an initiative aimed at expediting the resolution of housing issues for new urban residents, young people and migrant workers. China has placed the stabilization of its critical housing sector at the forefront of its agenda for 2024 as announced during the Central Economic Work Conference. Acknowledging the risks present in the property sector, the government has called for proactive measures to mitigate these risks, including addressing the financing needs of housing developers In addition to these measures, the government aims to boost the availability of affordable housing, accelerate the construction of vital infrastructure, and revamp shanty towns. To facilitate new business opportunities in the real estate sector, the government plans to amend the property-related legal framework. Now, For more discussions on the housing market and the various support policies for the sector, we're joined by Liu Baocheng, Dean of the Center for International Business Ethics at the University of International Business and Economics. Professor Liu, good to see you. Now, in line with the spirit of the Central Economic Work Conference, um, what are the main focuses in urban and rural development and what progress is expected in these areas?
2: Well, China has really gone to a very critical stage that uh, requires further integration of the rural development versus the uh, urban development. Now, with more of the infrastructure place and more of the smart management uh, is uh, there to be introduced for digitization and uh, better connectivity. So, the rural and urban fusion program is uh, really bringing about a lot more changes. So the uh, one primary focus is really there to provide the land management and uh, uh, planning so that uh, uh, we can really have efficient use of all the land resources. And uh, in the meantime, we need also to provide equitable and uh, affordable housing to those uh, uh, families who have a lower income so that uh, we have a more Uh, Of society of shared uh, prosperity and then uh, we also need to introduce more of the uh, digital technology to uh, coordinate for green development so this way we are able to uh, monitor uh, the use of the land and uh, uh, the to streamline some of the bottlenecks that are there to block the movement of people and uh, uh, also goods so Uh, This is going to be a a very important drive with more of the monetary and financial support. And so we are going to see uh, some of the uh, positive changes that are taking place uh, between and also among the rural and urban areas.
1: Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about these new housing initiatives introduced during the conference. Um, How do you think it aims to enhance the quality of living environment in China?
2: Well, the key is uh, provide the uh, fair and equitable uh, the access uh, among uh, different uh, level of people and also uh, people from different regions. So the policy is there to have the, the renovation of some of the old cities and uh, to upgrade some of the uh, lower tier cities then uh, to uh, have the right type of zoning so that uh, the urban development in some of the rural areas can be conducted in a, a proper manner so that uh, we are able to protect the arable land and in the meantime to provide the uh, quality housing for uh, those people who are really uh, badly it. And then more of the finance is going to be mob, uh, mobilized to support the infrastructure, uh, particularly now uh, you know, with uh, connectivity and now more of the underground utilities, uh, gas supply, uh, water supply and uh, sanitary uh, management. So all of this requires a very integrated, uh, holistic approach to deal with.
1: All right, thank you so much, Professor Liu, for your insights. Please stay with us for more discussions later in the program. China's big four commercial banks, namely the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, Agricultural Bank of China, Bank of China and China Construction Bank, announced another round of cuts in nominal deposit interest rates. This adjustment includes a significant reduction of 25 basis points in three-year and five-year fixed deposit rates. In addition, rates for deposits with duration of one year or less Have been decreased by 10 basis points while two-year deposits have seen a reduction of 20 basis points experts attribute this move to the ongoing pressure faced by banks in terms of their net interest margins the cuts in deposit interest rates are seen as a way to offset this pressure and create room for reducing lending costs by doing so banks aim to better serve the real economy while also improving their overall profitability The Chinese yuan has surpassed the Japanese yen to become the fourth most active currency for global payments in November with a share of 4.6 percent. According to data from the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication or SWIFT, the value of yuan payments increased by 34.9 percent compared to October. The yuan now trails behind the U.S. dollar, which holds the largest share of global payments at 47 percent, followed by the euro and the pound at 23% and 7.2% respectively. The first yuan-based cross-border commercial loan was recently completed in Brazil, marking a major step toward the internationalization of the Chinese currency. A Chinese company that operates a major hydropower plant in Brazil was the recipient. CDTN's Paulo Gabriel has more on the development.
3: It's not often that we get the chance to see inside a hydroelectric turbine. This is the chamber where the huge parts are housed and the electricity is generated. Here is the rotor that lies at the bottom of the chamber being turned by the water. And this huge asterisk-like part stays on top, keeping it all in place. Work on this turbine is part of a $200 million modernization plan for the Saint-Simon plant, a six-turbine facility built 45 years ago that can generate electricity for up to 6 million homes, now owned by China's state Power Investment
2: Corporation.
3: The main goal of the modernization is to bring this facility into the 21st century. It's a plant that, when it is completely modernized, will be fully digitalized. China's state power investment corporation, SPIC, acquired the Saint-Simon plant in 2017 and initiated in 2020 a modernization program scheduled to last for nine years. The São plant is Speak's largest operation in Brazil. However, the company's investments in the country extend further. They include one wind power park in the state of Paraíba, now operational, two solar parks currently under construction in the states of Piauí and Ceará, and a stake in a natural gas thermal plant located in the state of Rio de Janeiro. But Speak also has assets in solar, wind, and thermal generation projects, all managed from the central control room set up in the São Simão plant. This fall, Speak received the first commercial loan denominated in yuan in Brazil. It was a total of 2.2 billion yuan, equivalent to about 300 million US dollars, from the Bank of China, China's Communications Bank, Bocom, Deutsche Bank, and Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, ICBC speaks CEO in Brazil says it will be used to provide working capital for the company as it continues to expand activities in the country it's important to look at the liquidity flows in the world so what we are looking is that there is a very high level of liquidity in that side of the world, uh, Asia specifically, uh, and very low interest rates nowadays.
4: Both Brazil and China are interested in creating an alternative to the dollar system, which is not just paper money, but a whole financial infrastructure. And this first loan, I think, shows the realization of this desire. Obviously, it still has a very small scale compared to the entire dollar financing system, but I think it points to this new moment of questioning.
3: In the city of saint simão the hydropower plant is an important driver of the economy. This restaurant, for example, credits the plant and the new work being done there for boosting its business. Today, my restaurant serves around 300 to 400 people a day, thanks to his speech. We are going to open another unit by the lake. Initially, it will be to especially cater to the personnel that's working on the modernization of the plant. Brazil has a lot to do to improve its infrastructure. Commercial loans in E1 and other global currencies can be a way to increase access to funds for investors interested in this task and opportunity. Paulo Cabral, CDTN, São Simão, Brazil.
1: for more discussions on china's latest uh, rate decisions we're joined by professor liu baocheng Uh, so professor liu what do you think uh, led to this recent decision by china's uh, major commercial banks to reduce deposit interest rates and what potential effects might this uh, adjustment have on the economy
2: well admittedly the chinese economic performance is uh, now experiencing a low tide and uh, more of the companies are still uh, building their confidence. And more importantly, we are engaged in a massive industrial transformation, so, which requires further finance. The, so this way, the small and medium-sized businesses also need uh, a, uh, financial support the, for uh, the high-quality development, with more of the uh, technological innovation uh, requires uh, uh, better liquidity, so the, now I think one key issue is that uh, you know uh, by lowering the interest rates, uh, the next step is uh, really how to channel uh, those uh, liquidity into the real economy, into supporting the real innovation instead of uh, you know make it uh, non-performing. So this is something that's uh, uh, utterly important. The other is uh, how we can really provide equitable distribution, particularly to support the private sectors and also the small and medium-sized companies instead of uh, investing into, uh, you know, uh, focusing on uh, only on big projects and also the state-owned firms. So this also is uh, a tough challenge that we need to face. But. Uh, I think now the central government has realized the importance of all-around development and uh, to shore up the economy with uh, all the participants of the uh, marketplace from those stakeholders. So a more equitable and fair distribution of such a liquidity will be able to help to propel the uh, economic growth and also the quality of innovation.
1: Now let's talk about the Chinese currency in global payment. Uh, what are the key factors contributing to the rise of the Chinese yuan as a prominent global currency, um, now surpassing the Japanese yen in terms of its share in in global payments? Well,
2: the uh, currency uh, circulation uh, is uh, very much dependent on the uh, power of trade and investment on global basis. So now. Uh, with uh, Chinese, uh, the goods and services connecting with almost all corners of the whole world. So the uh, calculation, settlement, measurement of the RMB is definitely uh, you know, uh, being in realistic use. And uh, the uh, Chinese government has entered into a, a number of swapping uh, agreements uh, on currencies. Uh, with uh, all the major trading partners, particularly on the Belt and Road program. And this also helped to spread. And also the Chinese banking industries, fund industries, uh, are also spreading their global presence. So this also helps the uh, uh, necessity of uh, using the RMB, Now, uh, I think another reason is given now the geographical uh, uh, political confrontation uh, that is uh, going on to uh, disrupt the global trade and uh, global settlement, more of those countries are eager to work with China on the settlement of RMB to really to circumvent uh, some of the uncertainties uh, using U.S. dollars. So uh, all of this can really help. Uh, the uh, better internationalization of the Chinese RMB and uh, uh, we hope that a more of the Chinese investment and not only trade can also lead more of the use of the Chinese RMB in the future
1: yeah definitely thank you so much Professor Liu do stay with us for more discussions later in the program still to come China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology to prioritize digital upgrade of steel, non-ferrous, and light industries next
0: year. The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global Business. Only on CGTN.
1: China's National Conference on Industry and Information Technology held recently has identified stable industrial growth at the top priority for 2024. The Ministry of Industry and Information Technology expects the annual industrial added value to grow by more than 4.3 percent this year while maintaining the first place in the world in terms of overall scale for the 14th consecutive year. To achieve this, the ministry will implement manufacturing technology upgrading projects, support equipment upgrades for enterprises, promote the development of new electric vehicle battery swap models and encourage the application of the Beidou Navigation Satellite System and Satellite Internet. Now for more on China's industrial sector, let's bring back Liu Baocheng, Dean of the Center for International Business Ethics at the University of International Business and Economics. So Professor Liu, what strategies have been outlined by the National Industrial and uh, Information Work Conference to upgrade traditional industries and foster the development of emerging and the future industries in China? Well, this
2: conference has identified and they reiterated the importance of introducing smart technologies into the entire industrial sector uh, because uh, beginning uh, to uh, unveil of the uh, sweeping changes in the industrial structure and also in the supply chain management. And so uh, the uh, industrial internet is there to boost efficiency uh, of uh, operation and also to reduce the uh, cost so uh, in the meanwhile it's there to streamline the entire supply chain from the uh, raw material input all the way uh, through operation to logistics and then to the end consumers. It helps a real-time surveillance and also the the traceability of uh, those goods and services that are available and it also helps to customize. Uh, the uh, right type of uh, uh, business models to cater to the entire market. It, it is also there to further integrate different, different level of businesses and services so that they can really form a synergy to move forward on uh, the uh, better efficiency and also better collaboration. So therefore, uh, this conference is there to, uh, uh, to support the further integration and also to identify some of the challenges facing uh, the second step of introduction for the industrial internet for better applica- uh, applicabilities.
1: Yeah. And what specific initiatives does the um Minister of Industry and Information Technology plan to implement following the recent uh, work conference uh, to drive technological innovation and the development of cutting-edge industries in China? Well, uh, at
2: the moment the key bottleneck uh, that is uh, there to uh, disrupt the uh, full unleash of the uh, industrial internet is uh, the compatibility issues so for that, the ministry is there to streamline the standardization of those uh, the uh, industrial IDs, and uh, also is there to uh, help those companies to get better connected for a shared platform, so that uh, they are able to synergize their operation. And then uh, much of the efforts is also there to help the uh, to. Uh, Uh, help those uh, small and medium enterprises to to step up their uh, talent pool so that they are able to get into this uh, very important uh, move uh, for for further integration so the uh, overall I think now the digitization with more of the smart management and also with the uh, data driven uh, operation can really help a, a lot of companies to uh, be able to be operating more profitably and productively. And then uh, the uh, right type of, fa- of platform that is being set up under the auspice uh, of the Ministry of Information and Technology is also to, there to give a further push for them to move forward.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for your insights. Really appreciate your time. Liu Baocheng, Dean of the Center for International Business Ethics at the University of International Business and Economics still to come the united states gears up for enormous holiday travel surge as countless individuals embark on air and road journeys
0: 360 degree profiles of industry movers and shakers tech mavericks and policymakers we drill down on their success We ask how they set strategy and how they navigate in an increasingly competitive market. Real talk, real business. Join the conversation. BizTalk, only on CGTN.
1: The U.S. economy grew 4.9 percent in the third quarter, a rate lower than expected but still considered the fastest pace of expansion since the fourth quarter of 2021. The U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis said the rise reflected increase in consumer and government spending. Benji Heyer reports from Washington.
4: U.S. GDP's been expanding all year and in the third quarter at a far greater level than central bank officials here regard as sustainable to maintain inflation at its 2% target. The Federal Reserve last week held interest rates steady at their highest point in 22 years, following multiple hikes in a bid to tackle inflation, which last year hit a 40-year high. That historic monetary policy tightening hasn't hampered economic Economic growth, which has continued to fuel price rises. yet the Fed is looking to reduce rates next year, a move that could invite more borrowing, more spending, more growth, and more inflation.
5: The Fed is saying that there's a possibility that there will be three rate cuts in 2024. Probably starting in the second quarter, maybe even the middle of the year. Uh, but the market seems to be building in the prospect of four or more rate cuts in 2024, with the first one coming as early as the end of the first quarter.
4: That would have implications beyond the markets.
1: This uh, concern with inflation is a is a, a mask for a much broader set of concerns that really spill outside of the economy into the political realm into the public uh, debates going on over whether the war is is, uh, how we should respond to the war in the Middle East how we should respond to the war in Ukraine how we should uh, handle the China situation and the political divisions in the country and a very strange presidential election that seems to be looming.
4: Joe Biden's setting out his pitch to voters that his policies are helping the working class.
3: We're doing it by building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down. Not a whole lot trickled down on my dad's kitchen table with the top down economy. But when, you're from the build, when you increase the middle class, the poor have a shot and the wealthy still do very well. The middle class does well and we all do well. That's what we call Bidenomics.
4: Despite healthy GDP figures, almost two-thirds of Americans disapprove of Biden's job performance, according to a poll this week, with respondents citing concerns over the economy. Benji Hire, CGTN, Washington.
1: The holiday travel rush is underway in the U.S. Nearly three million people are expected to fly each day over the Christmas holiday, and many more will hit the roads. CGTN's Jim Spellman reports.
5: On the rails, in the air and on the roads, millions of Americans will travel this holiday season.
3: AAA is projecting 150 million Americans to be traveling over the holiday period. Nearly 104 million of those people will be driving. Seven and a half million are expected to fly. And then there's a four million number and those are the people who are traveling by other modes bus, train, and cruise.
5: Last year, Southwest and other airlines were plagued by cancellations, stranding millions of passengers. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says the situation is better this year.
0: I don't want to jinx us,
5: but so far,
0: 2023 has seen the lowest cancellation rate in the last five years, which translates to more people getting to where they needed to be as expected.
5: Those who are driving to their destinations can expect heavy traffic and possibly challenging weather. Slow moving storms along the west coast bring the threat of floods and mudslides. Maine is dealing with the aftermath of heavy storms just as the holiday travel rush gets underway. And it can't be ignored that this storm comes just days before Christmas. I urge Maine people who live in hard hit areas of our state to stay off the roads as much as possible but despite the traffic, hassles and delays, many say holiday travel is worth it.
1: From 2020 on to now, this is one of the first time that my family hasn't had a family reunion. We haven't spent holidays together, so yeah, it's important to us. People are finally like putting the pandemic behind them and I think this is like the first holiday season where it kind of feels normal. Like so, I mean, as as normal as it could be.
5: Jim Spellman, CGTN, Brockville, Maryland.
1: And that will do it for this edition of Global Business. I'm John Vandenberg in Beijing.